Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, also our football writer. And we are into our summer versions of the WSN podcast. Summertime, obviously, not a lot going on uh, in terms of WIAA uh, official sports, especially now that summer baseball is ended and everything got folded into the spring season. But still plenty of news and information going on. And we are already at the beginning of July, the third day in July, already getting ready for the fall sports and uh, beginning work on our player rankings for football. We've got uh, our, the seasons launched for uh, for 2019 football and, and working on the other fall sports, soccer, volleyball, etc. cetera. Uh, hope to have basketball uh, seasons launched here very soon as well. So you can start checking out uh, schedules and, and all of that good stuff. But uh, today, we're going to focus a little bit on some, uh, some work that we had done last week in terms of uh, putting together enrollment numbers for schools and, and taking a look at some of the schools that uh, went up or down in enrollment, kind of noteworthy changes uh, in the last year. And then we also did look back and compare that to the last five years. And then also a pretty uh, thorough look at how those enrollment changes for this year are going to potentially impact the football playoffs. Because uh, as we have talked about a number of times, and just to to make sure if, if everybody's not aware, high school football in Wisconsin is the only sport where, number one, not everybody makes the playoffs, and number two, we don't know the divisional assignments for schools until after the regular season is completed. Uh, the high school football playoffs, there are 224 teams that make the 11-player playoffs, and you figure out the playoff field first and then break it into seven equal divisions of 32 teams. So uh, uh, unique in that respect, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, um, makes it a little bit exciting at the end of the year, makes for some... Uh, you know, some interesting talk over the course of the season in terms of who might be close to where cut lines have been traditionally, who might be going up or down. Last year, we talked about it before the season, and it was a big storyline all year. Uh, St. Mary Springs, they were the defending Division Six champions heading into last year. We had projected them to go into Division Seven when the playoffs rolled around, and sure, or excuse me, go into Division Five when the playoffs rolled around, and sure enough, they did end up in Division 5 as the smallest Division 5 team, still went on to win a state title, but uh, that's the kind of thing that can happen when we don't know where the cut lines are going to be. We don't know heading into the year, or even during the year, exactly how things are going to shake out. We have to wait and see. We do have a pretty good idea of roughly where things will be at, um, and, and that's what we did on Wisports.net uh, last week. Uh, we got the enrollment figures from the WIAA for the upcoming season. We got all of the uh, the co-op assignments for football uh, with all of the total enrollment figures of, uh, of those added in and uh, kind of uh, worked our magic a little bit and uh, put together projected, unofficial division cut lines, excuse me, um, we weighed it uh, a little bit heavier. We, we, look, we go back about five years and take the average enrollment of the, the cut lines 
for the last five years, but we do weight it a little bit heavily towards the most recent season because that's obviously kind of the, the, the biggest trend. And so uh, we put it all together and, and we estimate where we think the cut lines will be. And uh, they don't change a lot. You know, if you look at the, the raw numbers, I mean, we have the cut line numbers going back to 2008. If you look at it, they're not extremely different than, uh, you know, in 2018 than they were in 2008. A few little changes here or there uh, as, as trends emerge and, and things change. Uh, obviously, with the uh, significant number of teams that have now made the change to 11, or excuse me, to eight player football, with teams that have dropped football, that have uh, entered into, into co ops, etc., there are quite a few fewer 11 player football teams than there were five years ago, 10 years ago, etc. But uh, it, it, it is a, uh, a pretty consistent trend in terms of where the cut lines will fall. And so uh, we, we did that. We put all that together, put it out on wisports.net to, uh, to give an idea of, of what to expect. And you know, a lot of the teams that are on those cut lines, they aren't surprised. There are a lot of the same ones year after year that uh, are right there that go up and down depending on the year and who else qualifies, etc. You know, teams like uh, a Badger in uh, Division One, Two cut line area, uh, in Division Two, Three. I mean, Monona Grove and in Greendale and Whitefish Bay have kind of fluctuated up or down a little bit depending on the year. Uh, Manasha uh, falls into that category as well. St. Francis, uh, my good friend Doug Sarver, a longtime head coach at St. Francis who retired this year. Jeff Wallach will take over the uh, the job there, but St. Francis always. <laughs> has has been on that uh, three four cut line, and uh, Coach Sarver would always ask me where I thought they were going to fall. And that final night of the regular season, as I'm working on uh, breaking down all of the qualifiers and, and figuring out where the division cut lines will be, he's always one of the, uh, the the people that is most interested to know where they will go, because as we've talked about before, that jump from four to three is, uh, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion the biggest difference in the high school football playoffs from one division to another. If you're in Division IV, uh, you're playing against teams with enrollments, you know, 500, 450, somewhere in that range, and a, a lot of those teams are from conferences that are smaller, where they're playing, you know, D4 and D5 teams in their conference. You go up to Division Three, and number one, you're, uh, the, the top enrollments in Division Three go all the way up to uh, over 900, usually, um, or pretty close to 900, and uh, you know you're getting into some pretty uh, big teams in terms of the the conferences that they come from. You know some of the suburban schools, the schools like uh, Catholic Memorial and uh, Greendale, Menasha, uh, Notre Dame. You know some of these teams that are in conferences where they're playing Division One and Division Two competition uh, pretty regularly, and uh, so that four to three jump is. Uh, in my opinion, always the biggest, and, and that's why we've also seen a lot of times the smallest Division Three teams have not fared very well in the playoffs. The teams that that sneak in, you know, with enrollments in the upper 500s, um, you know, the the last couple in to Division Three, uh, a lot of times have not done very well. So, uh, Coach Sarver, while he uh, is is retired as the football coach, still the athletic director there. Again, uh, he was always one that was very interested in how that was going to play out. 
So you could uh, you can certainly check that out where everybody uh, we project will uh, will fall in the uh, unofficial <coughs> excuse me unofficial projected playoff division placements in high school football. We always emphasize projected in everything that we do will be projections over the next few months here. Uh, once we get later in the year, we'll put out our projected playoff field. You know where we pick the final uh, couple weeks of games and and uh, figure out who's in, who's out, how many teams that finish under 500 in conference play will get in, etc. Um, because it is just projected, and you know it, it's not an exact science. So there there are times where we'll have a, a you know a team or two off here or there uh, from what it will be, but again, a, a lot of times it, it falls very close to the same area. It falls very close to the same teams that are impacted on whether they'll go up to a larger division, down to a smaller division. Um, it just uh, it varies each year. As we were looking at some of the projected uh, cut lines and also just the actual enrollment figures that did come out from the WIAA, from a football perspective, from a uh, you know, where are they going to fall in the playoffs this year perspective, there were some things that certainly did jump out. Uh, we mentioned St. Mary Springs going up to Division Five and how big of a storyline that was all season in 2018. I don't think it's going to be as big of a story in 2019 because based on where Springs enrollment is and based on where we project the cut lines to be, I think St. Mary Springs is very comfortably in Division Five, and I, I would be shocked if they even got very close to that D5 uh, cut line. They're up uh, for enrollment this year at 293, and if you look at where the cut lines have fallen in terms of the smallest Division Five school the last few years, there has never been a cut line that high that would place 293 into Division six. So can say with great certainty that St. Mary Springs will stay in Division five where they won a state championship last year and uh, they should enter, they do enter the 2019 season as the favorites in Division five. Now, there are some interesting uh, potential moves around St. Mary Springs that could include, Racine Lutheran, who is uh, getting closer to Division Five, they made the state title game in Division Six last year. Of course, losing to Iola Scandinavia. Uh, in return, uh, Tyler Tenner, their outstanding uh, senior to be running back, who has a chance to threaten the uh, all-time rushing record in the state of Wisconsin. Racine Lutheran's enrollment is 264, based on the unofficial projections we did. That would have them at the second largest. Uh, Division Six school, which is very close to the cut line, at 264, uh, there have been some years, not in the last couple, but uh, if you go back to 14 and 2012, 2011, 2010, 9, 8, where 264 enrollment, the enrollment figure for Racine Lutheran, where that would place them into Division Five. So they are going to be very close to the cut line. They're going to be one of those teams watching eagerly as the season unfolds, as the last couple weeks unfold, to determine and figure out exactly where 
they are going to be, whether they're going to go to Division 5 or Division 6. There's some other interesting uh, schools kind of right around that D5, D6 cut line. Lancaster, who uh, ultimately did drop down to Division 6 last year. Um, we've got them in D5 currently, but they are very close to that cut line once again. So there's a potential that the Flying Arrows, who uh, have a really solid group of athletes coming back this year, that they could uh, fall down to Division 6 potentially again, or that they could go back up to D5 where they'd been for a number of years. You know, when we were talking about uh, Racine Lutheran, uh, of course, they lost the Division Six title game to Iola Scandinavia last year. And Iola Scandinavia is going down in enrollment to where they are extremely close to Division Seven. In fact, their enrollment figure at 199, we have projected as the smallest uh, enrollment figure in Division Six. But again, when you're that close to the cut line, it's just very much up in the air. 199, there have been years going back to uh, 2015, 2012, where 199 enrollment would put you into Division 7. Especially as more and more of those small schools have, uh, have exited to move to eight-player football, that uh, cut line for D7... Uh, certainly is impacted, and again, uh, I think a maybe a 50-50 chance even that defending Division Six champion Iola Scandinavia does drop down to Division Seven this year based on where their enrollment has gone. On the uh, maybe on the flip side, if you will, defending Division Seven state champion Blackhawk, I think is almost certain to move up to Division Six this year. And the reason for that is that the uh, Warriors have entered into a co-op agreement with Warren High School in Illinois. Their total enrollment between those two schools for this year is going to be 208. That's going to be the number from the WIAA for Blackhawk Warren. Uh, every year since we've been tracking it, going back uh, a, a dozen years, that would very comfortably put Blackhawk Warren into Division Six. So it, it's almost certain that the defending Division Seven state champion Blackhawk team will move up to Division Six this year. Um, when they entered into that co-op agreement, Blackhawk knew that there was potential for that to happen, uh, but they were getting to the point their enrollment was small enough, and uh, while their participation numbers were very high, their enrollment was small enough that they were concerned about where things were going. Maybe not this year, but certainly the next few years. And so, uh, you know, while they probably would have been okay from a numbers perspective this year, they had to get that going so that when, uh, you know, some of these larger classes and uh, larger participation uh, groups are, are done, that they have a plan in place that they can uh, continue on. Um, talking to head coach Corey Mills at Blackhawk, uh, they feel, uh, from what they understand, that uh, Warren's uh, enrollment will decrease and that Blackhawks will decrease a little bit as well, I believe, uh, anticipated in the future, and that after this year, that it's likely that that Blackhawk-Warren co-op would fall back down under 200 and, and likely into Division 7. But as it stands, Blackhawk-Warren almost certain to move up to Division 6 this year after Blackhawk won the state title 
in Division Seven last year. Uh, Corey Mills also told me that uh, you know they 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 feel like based on the conversations they've had and, and everything that they'll get a couple of uh, some some pretty decent players from Warren. So you know I, I think Blackhawk Warren still will be in the conversation for um, you know a deep playoff run in Division Six. Certainly, it's going to be more difficult in Division Six than it would have been in Division Seven. But you certainly can't count them out. It, it would be interesting, though, if D6 and D7 state champions flip-flopped this year. If Iola does move down to 7 and Blackhawk does move up to 6, would be uh, would be a little bit interesting. A few other notes on uh, potential you know, cut-line interest or intrigue. Uh, Greendale's enrollment is under 900. They've kind of been bouncing between D2 and D3 the last few years, but... Uh, they seem like they would be pretty uh, firmly into Division Three. Of course, they made a state title game uh, 2013, I believe it was, when they lost to uh, Monona Grove, um, So, and, and certainly have made some very good playoff runs since then. Uh, Mount Horeb Barneveld, of note. Uh, Mount Horeb is a community that, that certainly seems to be growing, and uh, that Mount Horeb Barneveld co-op getting closer and closer to Division Two. Um, they've been division three for as long as I can remember, certainly. Uh, but their enrollment is up at 888, which puts them within the top, uh, five or six for enrollment figures for, uh, for division three, Menasha on Alaska, uh, new Richmond are also kind of up there in that, uh, in that range. Um, but Mount Hora Barnavel getting closer to, to division two. I, I think they'll probably stay division three this year. But uh, getting closer anyway. And that's also a kind of an interesting um, situation as well because there have been um, at least some rumblings and I don't know how official it is if you know if that co-op will continue, if Mount Horeb and Barneveld will continue on as a co-op. They have co-op for a number of years now and it's been a, a very successful one. But as, uh, as Mount Horeb itself continues to grow, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they continue on with that co-op with Barneveld and also with Barneveld uh, now having more options um, if they would want to go to a standalone program uh, and potentially move to eight-player football. Uh, maybe they decide that they would like to go out on their own and, and now that uh, you know there's a significant more, a significantly higher number of teams in southwest Wisconsin where Barneveld is located, um, that are switching to eight-player football, maybe it becomes more feasible for Barneveld to have a standalone program. So uh, again, something that there, I don't think there's anything imminent. Uh, their co-op got renewed. Uh, I can't remember if it was this year it would have gotten renewed. Uh, I think it would be. Um, and those are two-year agreements. So you know, not anything imminent for any changes with Mount Hora Barneveld, but certainly one that uh, we'll keep an eye on and, and could see some changes down the road. Lake Country Lutheran is an interesting, uh, you know, case study, uh, a school that um, has had a great amount of success under head coach Greg Brosgill the last few years, uh, really built that program from scratch. I mean, that school itself is still not very old. I, I can't remember uh, if it's 15 or 20 years maybe that that school has been open, um, but they really have developed into a pretty significant football powerhouse, and uh, it's been very interesting to see kind of where they have gone 
enrollment-wise, um, as recently as 2014, just five years ago, they were in Division 7. Now, they're pretty darn close to going to Division 4. They're uh, still, I think, likely to uh, be Division 5, but they're very, very close. They're in the top five, based on our projections, uh, in the top five of enrollment for Division 5 this year. Which means there are, you know, scenarios where Lake Country Lutheran could end up into Division Four. Uh, might not happen this year, but seems, you know, kind of a uh, foregone conclusion that likely next year Lake Country Lutheran will uh, will go up to Division Four. And I don't know where they, um, you know, where they are going from there. I don't know their their building capacity and and all of that stuff. But if you look at their total enrollment from the past. Five years, and you compare it back, they're going to be at 373 for the 2019-2020 enrollment figure. That's up 13% from last year, and that is up 43% from five years ago. Five years ago, they were 213. This year, they're going to be 373, one of the largest increases of any school in the state of Wisconsin over the last five years in terms of high school enrollment for um, for athletic uh, qualification purposes, if you will. So uh, those are a few of the ones that we you know have have kind of identified as interesting possibilities. Um, but again, we'll we'll see how it all kind of plays out here in the uh, in the next few months and we'll talk more about it, I'm sure as we get uh, closer and closer to the high school playoffs. Uh, we've got to get the season started first, obviously. Uh, but we're, you know, a month away from uh, from equipment handout and, and practices beginning. So fun to, fun to get started on some of those conversations anyway. One of the uh, conversations and one of the topics that has been uh, brought up a number of times in my tenure here at WSN, uh, going on uh, 11 years now, my fir- very first year, I remember the conversations of, when is Wanakee going to move to the Big Eight? People were asking it way back then, um, you know, if it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where those conversations, I think, will start to pick up a little bit. It was actually kind of interesting. Wanakee's enrollment did not change very much at all for quite a stretch of years there. Um it went up quite a bit the early part of the 2000s. Uh, our records go back to 2003-2004 season. They were 901 at that time. Within five years, they were up over 1,000. Uh, and in 2008-2009, uh, their enrollment jumped to over 1,100. That, was, uh, that would have been my first year at WSN, 2008-2009. It didn't go over 1,200 for a long time. For, uh, for eight years, eight or nine years, actually, it stayed right around 1100, you know, 1180-ish, something like that. Not any significant changes for a long time. So the, the conversations of, well, when will Wanakee go up, you know, it, it, it kind of died down a little bit because their enrollment really didn't change very much. Uh, we knew and, and they knew that it was going to change because there was some pretty significant housing uh, development that was going on in the area. Um and that has started to, to kick in finally to where uh, this year their enrollment figure is going to be over 1,300. 
So the uh, Wanaki up, uh, what is it, about 10%, I think, in the last um, five years, you know, a good jump, but there are a number of other schools that have had similar or even larger increases in their enrollment. Uh, but it is trending up, and it is trending to the point where Wanakee is almost 300 students bigger than anyone else in the Badger North. Uh, Beaver Dam and DeForest are just over a thousand, um, and Wanakee again up over uh, 1,300. Uh, and then you have some of the other schools in the Badger North, the, the Reedsburgs and Mount Horubs and Portage Sauk, Baraboo, et cetera, that are, are well under 1,000. In fact, uh, Mount Horub is under 800, although uh, they are increasing. Uh, and it becomes difficult to, uh, you know, to compete sometimes when you have that big of an enrollment gap. And certainly those, um, you know, complaints, if you will, from some of the smaller Badger North teams are are justified and, and understood. Uh, they have uh, not only, you know, kind of within the communities and within, you know, fan bases talked about it or, or had, uh, you know, some complaints about it, but the, uh, the schools themselves have requested relief in, in that respect. Uh, Portage um, requested relief from the Badger North uh, just a couple years ago. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, with where they are in enrollment compared to Wanakee and, and also just competitively, uh, demographically as well, uh, how different some of the more rural schools, if you will, the the Baraboos and Reedsburgs and, and Portages are compared to Wanakee and also DeForest or even a Mount Horeb. Um, you know, a little different, uh, little different makeup in terms of uh, population from some of those schools. So, those things, I think, are go only going to get uh, more pronounced here as Wanakee now does start to see some of those pretty significant enrollment increases that we have anticipated for a while now. But as we always talk about within, with uh, realignment and, and changes and movement of schools, it's all a domino effect. You can't just say, well, Wanakee has to move. Well, okay, well, where do they move? Well, the Big 8 certainly seems like a... Uh, you know, the landing spot if Wanakee was going to move. But then what do you do with the Big 8? As of right now, it's a 10-team conference for all sports. We're not just talking about football necessarily now, um, but the Big 8 is a 10-team league. Moving them to an 11-team league makes things pretty difficult. Um, you know, so how do you make that work? Well, what could potentially happen uh, is Sun Prairie, as, as many people know, just approved a ref referendum earlier this year to open a second high school. They'll become uh, the first uh, district outside of Madison, outside of the Madison School District, to, uh, to become a two-school district in Dane County or really in, you know, the... the the Madison area, unless you maybe count Janesville in there. Um, so they'll become a two high school district and that will open in 2022, I believe is the plan currently. Now, I don't know the exact plans and I don't know if they know the exact plans yet in terms of how that will impact their athletic teams in Sun Prairie. Um, I, I, I assume, and I think it's a foregone conclusion that there will be two athletic programs for those two different high schools, but how do they get there? When do they get there, etc.? I don't know if they'll just go cold turkey and say, all right, 2022, we've got two sets of athletic teams, and they'll just split the kids up based on 
whatever they do within their district to divide students and send students to different places. Um, I don't know if they'll do more of a gradual approach, like maybe we saw down in Kenosha, kind of the, the last time a larger high school opened when Indian Trail uh, opened a few years ago, where they still, um, for a year or two, they had the varsity athletes go to uh, either Tremper or Bradford still, and, and they had the younger athletes at Indian Trail play a, a you know freshman or JV or whatever you want to call it, C-team schedule, and then once those kids came through, then they, uh, then they moved to their own standalone program. Uh, so I don't know how Sun Prairie is going to handle it. But again, in 2022, there will be a second high school uh, in Sun Prairie. So that opens up the possibility of maybe you bring in Wanakee at that time to make the Big 8 a 12-team league, which becomes easier to work with. Potentially, you could do a divisional structure um, you know, where you play... Uh, let's say in basketball, for instance, uh, rather than play everybody twice, you you do a divisional structure. You have uh, two divisions of six. Um, you play everybody in your division twice. You play the opposite uh, division once, and that still leaves you with uh, with some non-conference games that you can pick up and, and participate in. Uh, you know, other than moving the Janesville schools out, maybe um, because there's two of them, and now there will be two potentially new teams coming in with Sun Prairie and Wanakee, the second Sun Prairie team, and, and maybe Wanakee. Again, this is conjecture. Pat Rice, please don't get too mad at me. Um, <laughs> if you move the Janesville schools out, then you can put in two more, uh, the, the second Sun Prairie and Wanakee. And now you're back to 10. But then what do you do with the Janesville schools? Do you send them to the Southern Lakes? Do you send them to the Southeast? I mean, that's where all of this realignment stuff becomes very tricky because you've got to have a landing spot, a viable landing spot for everybody involved that makes things better. And the other thing, you, if you move Wanakee out, you have a hole in the Badger Conference. So uh, you have an odd number of teams in the Badger Conference. And what do you do with that? So it's all, uh, it's all things to be figured out down the road. But I think uh, you know, the, the potential for Wanakee to move somewhere, likely the Big 8, certainly will increase in the next few years here as, uh, as, as things change. I don't know if Wanakee will request to be moved. Um, you know, it's not very often that, that uh, schools request to be moved to a bigger league, but if they're you know, up over 1,300, that means uh, they're going to be Division One in pretty much every sport except for football. And, uh, you know, how far are they away from Division One in football? I, I don't know. It might still be five years. It might be longer. I don't know. But, um, you know, you, you get up around 1350 to close to 1400, and that's where the, the cut line is a lot of times in, uh, in Division One, Division Two. So is Wanakee going to want to stay in the Badger North where they're playing against, uh, in basketball, for instance, a bunch of Division Two schools, while they're a Division One school, maybe they want to take on that challenge. We've seen it before. Um, you know, I guess one of the the comparisons, if you will, would be to when uh, Verona moved from the Badger South to the Big Eight. Uh, what was it, uh, twelve years ago or so, around two thousand seven? I think they made that move. Um, I don't remember for sure who initiated that that move. If Verona wanted it or kind of went along with it or uh, were resistant to it. Maybe I, I can't recall for sure, but they had 
uh, grown significantly and, and on, were on pace to grow significantly. And now they're um, up over, I, I think they're up over 1,500 maybe even, is a pretty uh, growing community there in, uh, in Verona. Yeah, actually, they're, they're 1,650 uh, for this year. So, um, so that could be maybe a, a comparison you look at when uh, Verona left the Badger and went to the Big 8. But again, you've got to find spots for all these teams. You've got to find uh, ways to make it all work and to make it all work out better than what you had before. You can't just move one team and, and create three new issues. Uh, you, you can't fix one issue and create three new ones. So uh, certainly tricky stuff. Um, and and as, uh, as we've seen play out over the last couple of years, it is a new process in place for the WIAA with the realignment task force, uh, a group of 15 people that will kind of review realignment proposals and, and requests and uh, you know make decisions from there uh, very um, you know, involved process that will have to be followed compared to where things had been for a number of years. But ultimately, uh, I think it just seems inevitable that Wanakee will end up in the Big 8 at some point, potentially in the next five years, just the way that their enrollment is going and compared to the uh, the other schools in their current conference. Um, and then also, again, with the uh, Second Sun Prairie School opening, it just it feels like a, a, a natural fit to, uh, to maybe slide Wanakee over at that time. But again, work to be done, holes to be filled in the Badger Conference then, other things to be looked at, etc. cetera. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it all plays out, uh, of course. So uh, again, no on-court, on-field action going on right now, but uh, certainly still a lot of things to talk about. And again, you can check out all of those uh, divisional projections we did for football, all of the, uh, the enrollment comparisons that we did for schools in general. If you want to see your school, where it's, uh, you know, how much it's changed in the last year, how much it's changed in the last five years, you can check out all of that information on wisports.net. Um, but uh, we're going to be getting into the, the real meat of preparations for high school football beginning next week when we'll start working on uh, player rankings uh, for each of the positions and eventually a top 50 overall uh, over uh, roughly two weeks heading up to, uh, leading up to, excuse me, uh, likely the WFCA All-Star game. And then after that, it's uh, full bore into conference previews. So a lot of stuff that will be going on on Wisports.net. And we'll talk about it, of course, on our podcast. We'll uh, likely start diving into some player ranking stuff next week and in probably the next two weeks. And then it'll be a lot of... Uh, uh, preseason information for high school football. A lot of talk about uh, some of the top teams, top players, storylines to watch, all that good stuff. So uh, until then, I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at wisports.net. This has been a wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game. <laughs>